Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ask the Amigos for May 2021. This is where we answer all of our Discord community's burning questions. They'll burn um, you. Yeah, I'm here with Amigo Aaron, and we're going to dive right in to our first question that comes from the one, the only Pixels at Dawn. He says, okay, time to let it all out. What game UI feature is the most pointless or the most annoying to you? Game UI feature. Mm-hmm. Huh, you want to tackle that one first? I have yeah, to think about I, that for I've, I've got a good one. Anytime that the game devotes a significant portion of the HUD to just a picture of your guy. Yeah. Um, you know, you've seen this and um, you see this, of course, in lots of classic Amiga games. Remember we did that one, I think it was Degen. No, it wasn't Degeneration X. It was something else uh, where the, the whole guy, the guy's <laughs> profile. X. <laughs> That's yeah. a wrestling thing. That's isn't a wrestling it? group. Okay. <laughs> We're off and running, Boat. We're off and running. Yeah. But anyway, there was one game that we played. It was an adventure game, and it was you saw the guy's profile. It was a huge. That wasn't the vampire one, was it? No, no, no. This this one was much before then. I'm sure somebody in the chat will know. Um, Yeah, but that that's one. But even with newer games like Doom, I always thought the fact that they put the guy's face in the screen and he's just there looking around. It's like, what are we doing? What's the point of that? Yeah, yeah. I uh, that I will say that. Just the fact where they take that make the UI take up half the screen is mm. a, real irritating to me. What I don't like is when that UI displays the name of the game. I'd rather see if I got space than the logo of the game or the company's name. That's a real bummer. So, but yeah. I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in and agree with you on that. Wasted space on the screen is a real pet peeve of mine. Yeah, just wasted space in general. That's a great question. And we always see it. We space. just saw it. <laughs> That's the amazing thing. It just happened. So yeah. Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, asks, After reading an article on Prince Philip's top ten rules of life, what are your top three life rules? Top three life rules. Um, Here's my, one of my top rules. Don't eat food you're not used to when you're on the road. Yeah, that's a great rule. That's a, that's a, because that'll get you. That'll Mm -hmm. hose you. And then you're, and you're literally out on an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, boat. What about that happened you? to me. You? That happened to me when we were on our way back from the fifty-mile hike with the Boy Scouts. We'd been uh, eating camp food for a week, yeah. and then we stopped at the old Western Sizzler. And I was like, "Man, it's time to eat a big greasy steak." That was one of the worst, worst ideas in my life. That'll hose you every time, no doubt. Yeah. Okay, what yeah. about? Well, give me. It's your turn. Let's have one of your rules. Oh, one of my one of my three uh, top three rules for life. Um, it's always colder than you think it's going to be. Yeah. You know, bring bring a yeah. jacket. Bring a jacket. Yeah. In fact, um, just to feed off that, one of my, part of my other rule would be bring changes of clothes and just stash, stash mm-hmm. them. Yeah. You never know when a, you're going to do something like, you ever dump like a, a fudge sickle on your shirt or a, mm-hmm. a fall in the mud? You know, you All look like a jerk, you know? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you generally just make a mess. That's a good or, one to go or with. just just walking through a deep puddle, like you think it's going to be some little thing, and all of a sudden your shoes and your socks are soaked. Having a spare yeah. pair of shoes and socks—that's a lifesaver. Here's another one. This is a this is one I carry with me all through high school and, and, and going forward. When you when you're when you think through the haze that you've had enough to drink, when when you think that, stop drinking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, I'm not saying you don't have to drink a ton, but I mean, everyone has that point that they get to, and they're like, "Man, maybe I should quit. Quit right mm-hmm. there. Nothing good happens beyond that point. That's yeah. when bad stuff happens." 
and and yeah. I'll, I'll and, and 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 I'm gonna feed off that one. And this is one. This is one of my rules of life. Nothing good happens after midnight. Oh, I don't agree with that. All that's all the funs at night, boat. All the no, good funs at night. No, most of most of the bad most of the badness in my life has come after midnight. Well, it's man, the witching hour, Aaron. There's been a lot of good stuff though. You can't deny that. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Great question, Paul. All right. Next is uh, we got a question from Chris Folds. Is there a band or musician you used to love but now can't stand listening to? I got one right off the bat. All right. Ray Stevens. When I was a kid, I thought <laughs> Ray Stevens was incredibly hilarious. Yeah. And now you go back and all of Ray Stevens songs are exactly the same. You've got a little ditty that he sings, and then each verse is basically a little stand-up comedy routine. And then there's another verse where he sings, and then, I mean, and that's every song is like that. So, yeah. You know, I'm going to get controversial on this one. And I'm not even saying this is a bad band, because they're not. They're one of the all-time great bands. But I hit the wall. I listened to them so much that I got to the point where I couldn't stand them anymore. Uh, and this is not Lebowski-related when I say it's the Eagles. Mm. I I absorbed. I had their greatest hits album and played it about a million times, and mm -hmm. something clicked in my head, and I didn't want to hear them anymore. <laughs> I yeah. just did not want to hear them. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's because that tour pissed me off. Maybe because they, the, some of the dumber things. But I mean, I'm just I can ignore all that because I like a lot of artists that are idiots. Mm -hmm. But I just hit the wall on them, and I mean it's and it happens sometimes. I mean, I remember my buddy Wes had the box set for Zeppelin, and I love mm -hmm. Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. But man, he played that over and over, and you get to the point where you're just like, "Listen, enough!" You know, yeah. that's what happened. And so I haven't went back to the Eagles for a while. Yeah, most of my favorite bands, uh, I will go years without hearing them because anytime I want to listen to one of their songs, I just cue it up in the old brain. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I do. I bet that needle skips left and right up in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Mitsuyama asks, what are your top three fast food joints? You mean the ones that I love? Yeah. Well, let's see. I mean, I hate to say this, but I'm going to. I I love White Castle, and, mm -hmm. it, when I, and we never get it. And so that's right. always one I go to when I see one. Okay, mm -hmm. so there's that. Um. I like Fazoli's. Does that, I mean, that's fast food, technically. It's, it's, it's Italian food fast. It's right yeah. there on the sign. Uh, I, so I like, because I like, I like uh, that. Mm -hmm. That's another one of my faves. And then at, to, to close it out, you know, I was a big fan of Steak and Shake, but I've kind of switched up my allegiances over to that cookout, uh, I think is a, a, I still a, have an never excellent been there restaurant. Before. I've still never been to cookout. Yeah, they're real good. And they, and they're also inexpensive. Great shakes. Now, I'm not going to count Schaefer's on there because that's not fast food, but their food crushes all these other places. But yeah, mm. I would go with those three. What about you? Uh, for me, White Castle, definitely number one with a bullet. They're all burger places. Yeah. Uh, number two, I know you don't like Five Guys, but I really like Five Guys. And I I combine Five Guys and In-N-Out and all <laughs> of those type of places. These are the sort of upper upper class burger joints. But to me, it's worth the price. Not all the time, but some of the time. I don't mind paying the guy. price, but Five Guys to me is an in and out, if you know what I mean. Mm. I mean, that, that stuff, it's like human Drano when I eat there. 
real is it is it what what do you think it is about the burgers it's not just me like everyone every time me or tree or tree's mom or luca it happens to every one of us that's the only five guys i've eaten at so maybe other ones are great and we just got a dud but man that i learned a lesson also i don't like Hmm. their seating arrangement the weird thing where they've got the sacks of potatoes everywhere i was what's up with that i don't like it i don't like that's always been your thing I don't like cafeteria style seating. I don't like any of that. Get it yeah. out. Okay. Okay. Uh, but my my all time favorite. It's always there when you need it. It's always there in a pinch. It's, it's the good old golden arches. You know. Uh, when I listen to that, you don't know flack on McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, listen, McDonald's is garbage. Everybody knows <laughs> it's garbage. It's when you can sell a burger for a dollar in twenty twenty one. What do you think about the quality of that of that food? But um, there's something comforting. There's something nostalgic and there's something about the ubiquity of McDonald's. It's like wherever you go, no matter how bad things get, you can always pull through that drive through and get yourself a quarter pounder or some fries and, uh, and get a little bit of happiness. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to poo poo that no pun intended, uh, but you're right. And and the thing is McDonald's, yeah, it's garbage food, but man, it t- some of it's tasty. Hey, they got tasty yeah. fries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of their burgers are tasty, and uh, uh, it's just the way it is. And it, th- if you ever thought, can you put enough salt on something to make it tasty? Yes, they, and that's <laughs> and they have the secret formula. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, Paul, aka Hermsky, asks if you could ban one piece of tech, what would it be and why? If I could ban it. Let me ponder that. What do you got on that one? That's you know I haven't. That's a, that's a good question, and I don't know. I mean, part of me wishes we could return to the pre-smartphone era, because so many things, so many things <laughs> got worse after smartphones. Like going to concerts sucks now because everybody's holding their smartphone up to record the concert. What's up that's, with that? That's I've never no understood good. why. Well, good I Lord. was one of these you people. Paid all that I, money. I was one of these people that used to sneak tape recorders into concerts when I'd go because, you know, I wanted that souvenir. But the thing is, it's like when you when when you can't see the stage because everybody in front of you is holding up. And so you're watching the concert through somebody else's smartphone. That's no good. That's no good. Not to mention the fact that we're all addicted to our smartphones. We all look at them all the time. And that's not good for humanity. Now, of course, yeah. there's all the good things about smartphones, but I, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to I'm going to yeah. go radical and, and ban smartphones. I'm going to go with old, old because then he didn't say high technology, no, right? So I can no. listen. This is a controversial one, and you know me, I, I'm not against these. But are if you I banning ban, an iron lung? No, I'm banning okay. guns, which okay. I are four times. Listen, if we didn't have any guns, that would be one less pain in the butt for humanity, because now in America, especially. You the cat's out of the bag. There's no more. There's no banning guns. It's crap. Just to, so you were having to live with them, you know. It would be much easier just to just to have never had them. That would have made things a lot simpler. So okay. I, I would go. I would go that route. And I'm not a big peace lover. Now I would suck for hunting, but I think people could get by. So there you go. Okay. All right. Coming up next, Chris Folds asks: Using the much talked about time machine. What tech purchases would you go back and tell yourself, no? I'd buy as many guns as I could find. No. (laughs) (laughs) So he's saying we would go back and. The question is, you you can go back and tell yourself, do not get this thing. 
Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Um, listen, but you've got to probably have 20 answers to this. I've got, I mean, I look around myself and I see a life of mistakes. Let's, let's hear a few. Um, the plastic fantastic, the, uh, the, the Mac, the power Mac G4. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful and it conjures up feelings, but when you, when you use it, I mean, it's useless. There is no, for me, for me personally, there's no practical application for using this thing. It's loud. It's heavy. It takes up a lot of room. I could have easily scratched my uh, PowerPC Mac itch by buying an old Mac mini. Uh, that was yeah. a mistake. Uh, the Wii U uh, I bought for Mario Kart. Uh, once I played Mario Kart, I had no more use for the Wii U. The Wii U was just a horrible, horrible. And I, you know what a Nintendo fanboy I am. Yeah. But it is, it was the, it's the worst. It's the dirt worst. Um, those are both good, good answers. You know, I'll look at, I'll look at technology in a different way. Uh, I think about all the time I spent, uh, you know, you look at stuff that was expensive now, and now you look at it with disdain. That's crap. You know, <laughs> I remember when I got like a, a 120 megabyte USB drive, I was like, oh man, well now that's worse than crap. You know, it's double crap. So it's hard to go back and tell and and tell yourself don't buy that because uh at the time it seemed like a great purchase you know yeah. uh I, i'm trying to think if there's anything i've bought that i just laid down a ton of money and then ultimately it was totally worthless i'm pretty particular on my purchases uh boat i got ripped the, i was going to say sorry, go what, what is there anything since you've gotten into the retro hobby or you know that that you've purchased that you wish that you hadn't because you you didn't get the use out of it you thought you would. Uh, okay, I got one, and I would probably go back and well, and it was so cheap. That's why I hate to mention it, but if I could go back and not buy uh, the Raspberry Pis or the or the uh, Atomic Pies because ultimately I've gotten little use from either of them. Mm-hmm. They were fun projects. I mean, I've got the. Uh, I've got the Raspberry Pi hooked up right here, and I'm trying to get some use out of it. And uh, but I look and I think about this. I was looking. I love the mystery. I love the case. I've got this beautiful. It's a beautiful get setup I've got here. Okay, mm-hmm. but I know that ultimately this is going to end up like my C64 that I put the Pi in. I, was, I mean, ultimately because the, all these devices are doomed. You know, as 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 uh, progress moves forward. They're ultimately doomed to be, to be replaced by better things. But I mean, you can't think about that when you buy well, them. And, and to me, it all comes back to how much how much time did you spend using the thing? Because you're right. Eventually, there's going to be a Mister Five Thousand that's going to crush this Mister. But if I've spent you know thousands of hours playing Acorn Archimedes and MSX and, and ZX yeah. Spectrum and stuff, it, I don't care. It's it's worth. Yeah, it. yeah. And, and Buck mentioned the Unamiga. Listen, I've got nothing. I mean, the Enemiga has given me a lot of stress over the years, as you know. But it also I've made you the, the crap man you are out today. of it. I, well, I was always the man, but it, I used I've used the crap out of it until the mystery came around. I used it uh, practically every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna. I'm not. I mean, I don't like having the, the stuff I had to do to it, but I I, I don't regret purchasing it. I don't regret I, you I purchasing that either. That's been the yeah. source of many many a tale of mirth. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was real mirthful for me too. <laughs> okay moving on down the line how about christian russell he says we've all regretted buying certain things 
but <laughs> what what is the most expensive thing you've ever bought and immediately had buyer's remorse or knew it was not really justifiable with your budget so this is this that he's expanding it out to basically anything not just you know retro related stuff i'm setting in mine right now <laughs> this this chair cost it was very expensive and it was way out of my price range but I justified it to myself by saying, Self, you spend a lot of time in that chair, and you've been sitting on a folding chair for the past five years. Not good. You know, get something that's going to make you feel better. And I bought it, and I probably could have went with something cheaper, but I, I thought I'd go for something nice. And ultimately, I don't know how much... I mean, I do like the chair, but I do wonder if it was worth the amount of money that I paid for it. So that's that's something that springs to mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, For me, I mean... I've had I have that feeling after every large purchase. I mean, I am I am the buyer's remorse champion of the world. Um, even for stuff that I know I need, um, I still feel remorse. But for stuff that I don't, um, even just uh, you know buying our latest car that we bought, um, I drove out of that dealership thinking, man, I just took on you know twenty thousand dollars worth of debt, and I gave up a car that ran fine. Why did I do that? You know, um, but yeah, uh, in terms of more frivolous purchases, um, probably the Mario Brothers machine. I had a tremendous amount of buyers. But you didn't pay for. that much for that, did you? Well. I want it, and I'm, I'm going to commit the cardinal sin by talking about an, a price that I paid for a pinball machine or an arcade machine. I know collectors yeah. hate when people it's do It's funny that. how no one talks about that. We always talked about it. We never worried about right. that. So anyway, I you know I, I drove down to Tennessee. Uh, first of all, I rented a trailer to attach to the back of my car. Okay, You were coming so, home with something. So yeah, so that's 100. I'm 100 bucks in the hole already. <laughs> okay, yeah. and I'm going to get a machine, darn it. So I get down there and, uh, you know, I pass on everything and we get to this Mario Brothers machine. And I was like, man, I love Mario Brothers. And this is a good looking machine. I'm going to I'm going to get this thing. And so we bid it up. Boom. Three hundred fifty bucks. I'm like, man. Yeah. OK. That's not a bad price. And then I start to looking at it more carefully. And I'm like, boy, this control panel is not really in such good shape. The side art's kind of kind of ratty. And I'm thinking of all these things. And then the lady comes up with the clipboard and she's like, your total is $700. And I was like, what? Oh, with fees. And she's like, yeah, buyer's fee, the auction fee, some other fee. Plus Tennessee has like 18% sales tax. Okay. Yeah. So I ended up spending a lot more than I thought I would at the end of this. And I that really, thing, so they really ended up costing bad. you 700 bucks, 700 bucks. Man, that's that yeah. is a, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's the first time yeah. you went to a big time auction, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And I learned my lesson. That's I mean, that's that's how they get you. So yeah. Well, I will say I think I like your uh, uh, Mario. I think we did. We put a high score uh, thing in that as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a high school card a score card in that. We recapped the monitor. It's 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 performing well. Here, the way I look at it is uh, it, with something like that boat. Uh, you've gotten a lot of use out of it, and it's still it's it, you'll never sell it for less. I mean, you really, yeah. I mean, I, probably now seven hundred bucks would be a conservative estimate on what you get for it. So yeah, that that it does bring me a certain amount of relief. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Graham has got four four big questions for us. All right. Bring okay, them the on. first one. He says these days it seems very common for modern males to engage in manscaping. 
and cosmetic procedures in a bid to maintain a youthful appearance. Mm-hmm. Did you secretly plan an extreme makeover for the 300th episode? Where do you stand on manscaping, Aaron? Well, you could tell I uh, d- take part in a great deal of that. As I sit here, unshaven, bald, and looking like a, 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 a unmade bed. Uh, but <clears throat> I do dye the beard occasionally, as you know. Uh, and when it comes to more cosmetic surgery type angles, I'm too cheap, to be honest with you. Also, I'm scared to go to the hospital. And so I probably don't see myself doing that. I know plenty of people have the, what's that, the gastric bypass, mm-hmm. stuff like that, which that would fit that rank. I don't know anyone, I don't know any men that have had plastic surgery for their looks. Right. But I know they're out there. I mean, there's no doubt. But, uh, mm-hmm. Not a lot of plastic surgery going on in West Virginia boat that I'm aware of, but I'm sure I'm sure some people do it, but no one I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I um, you know, I think the height of my manscaping is when I started shaving my head. I mean, I manscape yeah. every every week. When I what do a that. pain, eh? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, there it could be worse. Um, hey, how's that thing going for you? You still like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's okay. Um. But yeah, I've, you know, I, I don't think plastic surgery is, is in the books for me. It's funny when I lived in Korea, uh, pretty much every girl gets plastic surgery in Korea. I mean, it's as common as getting your wisdom teeth out. Okay. They all, yeah, they all get what's called double eyelid surgery, which makes their eyes basically seem like more like American eyes. Like they're not as squinty to use that term. Um, so whenever you see a, an Asian girl and she's got the big doe eyes, you know, that's that's a result of a of plastic. Really? Surgery. Yeah. I never. That's what do you think about that boat? That's true. Well, I mean, it may be culture, but to me, that seems kind of sad. It is kind of sad. And, and I think in Asia, there's a much more uh, standard definition of beauty uh, than we have here. Um, where it, like, when you look at like a, like, I remember looking at this calendar of like the most beautiful girls in Daegu, South Korea, because Daegu is like, that's what like commonly known as where all the most beautiful girls in Korea live. Okay. They all looked exactly the same because they all got the same stuff done. And versus here in America, I feel like we have a much broader definition of what constitutes a pretty girl. So, um, but you know, cultural differences. Do you remember the twilight zone? where it took place in the future and they would take ugly people because everyone, when they became a, a mature, would go out and pick their new body, complete new body, new head, everything. It's like a whole, you're, you would put your brain into this thing effectively. Mm-hmm. And that's what it reminds me of. But that's, that's sort of where I see that we're going. And it, at the end of the episode, ultimately everyone looks about the same, you know? Right. And so at that point, what's the, at what point does if being everybody's less attractive, pretty, nobody's pretty. Yeah. Yeah, if, at what point does being less attractive become more attractive or more right. interesting? You know, right, right. Yeah, and but, I've always been, I've always been the kind of guy that's gone after, you know, girls that aren't exactly like the supermodel. Like supermodel type has not appealed to me. I've, I've liked uh, like sort of other types of women. So I'm glad that we live in a country where you know there's not just one sort of type of beauty. So Graham's second question is can you please tell everyone three Barbie games on any platform? Feel free to include any wish you any you wish you'd played but before, but were scared you would fail at. I think what I would like I'm not sure these games exist, but but uh, if I'm gonna pick three Barbie games, I would like to have uh Pagan Barbie, 
would be a good one. Uh, Barbie works at a butcher shop. I think would be fun, and may maybe some sort of turn of the century Black Plague Barbie. I think though, you know, complete with the uh, plague mask, the whole nine yards. I think there's a beauty there that's been uh, that that uh, that's been untouched. The Black Plague beauty. Put some sores on there that you can remove, stuff like that. Okay, well, you are the Barbie games expert, so I'm just going to yield. I've been told that. <laughs> I'm going to yield to your expertise. Oh, thank uh, you. That was that was probably the most popular stream you've ever done. You know, in the five no, years we've been no, doing this. No, it's not. Show. It's not the most popular, but it's the one that it do it does get talked about quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Graham's third question is: I secretly enjoy drinking Dr Pepper soda while playing Barbie point-and-click games, but I don't have Dr Pepper very often because it's hard to find in Australia. Do you have any secret things you enjoy but wouldn't normally share? Go ahead, Boat. I think I'm pretty open about the things that I enjoy, <laughs> even the weird things, you know? Yeah. Um, um, like Coco Talk. You can't get much weirder than, like, enjoying Coco Talk, can you? <laughs> well, ask all hail here. He's, he's in the house. <laughs> you know, we shoot. How many times have we shot it today? This is what uh, this is what the sixth time we've been on camera, the fifth time, something and so like that. and so I look at the amount of time that I spend talking to folks, our people, our good buddies, you know, and then what else do I do? Okay, I go to work. All right, nothing exciting about that. All right, there's no secret thing going on there. I come home, watch the boy. All right, take care of the boy, do fatherly stuff here at the house. That's it. That's all I do. I don't have time for any secret cool things. I'm not part of a sex cult. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going out and uh, and doing illegal street racing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not selling drugs on the side. I'm not doing any of that stuff. Because even if I wanted to do it, uh, I couldn't have the time. I, there's only so many hours in the day that I could get stuff done. So I guess the answer to that question is there are secret things that I do that I would like to do, that I would like to tell you about, but I'm not doing them. And so you'll have to wait till I get time to do them before I can discuss them. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, Graham's fourth question is, he says, I don't know if this is true. West Virginia was in the news over here because of an 11-year-old boy getting a tattoo. Is it true that minors can be tattooed in West Virginia with a parent's blessing, or is this an onion-type wash-up? That's probably true. It doesn't surprise me. Eleven seems really young. But on the flip side, I know parents have their kids' ears and stuff pierced before that. I know oh, that yeah. for a fact. There's like there's four year old girls to get through ears. So I would not be surprised that with consent someone could get a tattoo. Uh that said, um, if you allow your and I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Boat, if you allow your eleven year old to get a tattoo then you're an idiot, and you're a bad parent, because your 11 year old's an idiot. They're they they don't know what they're doing. That's why they need a parent. Your job is to steer them in the right direction. Your job is to steer clear of stupid things and do smart things and teach them to be wise. And when you let your kid do something that stupid, you're an idiot. You shouldn't have had kids. And I feel bad for the kids you've got. How's that? Bam. Uh, let's see. Christian Russell asks, 
Who, in your opinion, is or was the greatest U.S. president of the 20th century? Well, that's hard to say. Because despite the fact that we're in America and we're Americans, we don't have a full workout on all the presidents. I mean, it, that's even the presidents that I like the most, if you look at in the nitty-gritty of what they did, they did some dumb crap or some crap you're not going to like. Do you have a thought? Are you strong on somebody, Boat? Uh, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> the The president is many things. The president is a figurehead. The president is the policies that he enacts in the country. Um, and the president is sort of like, you know, represents what we hope the country represents on the whole. Yeah. And so with all those things in mind, I think that that Jack Kennedy probably is the probably the greatest president in terms of the, the fact that he represented America when America was emerging as kind of the world leader and the fighter against all the, you know, the unjust things that were going on in the world at the time. Now, was John Kennedy a perfect person? Was he some sort of shining no. moral exemplar? No. No. But when and that's when coming we, out more and more every, right. every day. But when you think about like what he represented in terms of youth, in terms of the whole Camelot mystique, and in terms of where America was as a country in that time, um, you know, all the moon race stuff, uh, all of that stuff. Um, and plus the fact that he met a tragic end, which gives him that martyrdom status that that we we like so much that everybody likes. Um, you know, I think that he would probably be my pick. I don't know that we've really had any, you know, great, great presidents that were free of moral, you know, that, that were fine upstanding people in the 20th century, maybe before then. I don't know. I, I think but. we have, and I'm going to pick him too. And I, and no one in their right mind would pick this guy as their, their, the best president. But I think this is me. It could be at least in my lifetime. This is the only guy that's been president that I thought was a good person deep down and that's mm -hmm. jimmy carter mm -hmm. jimmy carter inherited a very bad situation uh jimmy carter was probably a little naive uh when he took the office and he had to deal with a lot of stuff a lot of bad stuff and then some of it was compounded by his political rivals reagan for example with the iran hostage uh, situation um uh, and so i i'm gonna pick jimmy now jimmy did not he was in a very tumultuous time and Jimmy was not what I would call the a, a great setting president in terms of policy making. But what he was, I believe that he's probably the only president we ever had that was a good person in my lifetime. You got to think, as long as I've been alive, okay, we've only had Nixon, Ford, Carter, two terms of Reagan, right? Bush, two terms of Clinton. Uh, uh, we've also had uh, uh, two terms of Bush, two terms of Obama, and Trump. Okay, so we. It's not like we've had a thousand guys. Right, you got we've a had lots of, of back-to-back terms, which have made right. Them and none of those guys. Good. I mean, like, listen, you heard that list. That's my lifetime. None of those people. I don't think. I I, I don't necessarily think any of them are really good people, except for Jimmy Carter. And you, and a case could be made for Barack. I mean, you don't know these guys as a person. Even a case could be made for W. He was always yeah. I always heard he was a real nice guy. Uh, but I know Jimmy Carter's a nice guy because he's he's proven that through his deeds. Uh, since he was president, and to this day, this ninety-year-old man is still out doing charity work. 
he got off the hospital bed to do it. So I know he's a good guy. So I'm going to pick him despite the bad hand he was dealt, Boo. Okay. I think that that's, that's a good answer. I think that you, you, you look at it from, we've looked at it from multiple angles for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. And um, now Christian asks, who do you think is or was the greatest ever U.S. president? Well, it really comes down to me for t- two people. And that's generic answers, but George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think you could, I, maybe you could make a case for a couple other guys in war. But I'm going to probably, just just because of what he governed over, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, with Lincoln. Now, again, another non-perfect guy. And same with Washington. Uh, but uh, much like when you picked Kennedy, Lincoln, his aura and his... Um, what he stood for in a modern eye uh, trumps anything that he did or did not do when he was president. Like his his legend has outgrown him as a man, sort of like JFK. I mean, JFK, we know he did a bunch of slimy crap, but he uh, outwardly, you know, he's got that huge legend. I think so. I would probably go with Lincoln. Uh, but what do you think? Well, I'm going to go because I, I would go with both of those guys also, but I'll I'll choose Washington. Yeah. Because Washington had the opportunity to be the royal god emperor king for life yeah. of America. Yeah, yeah. And he turned it down, you know, and that takes that takes a big man to do that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, no, I mean, he's a real, I mean, they're both, they both did a lot, you know. And right. they're both men of their times, too. Again, flawed mm-hmm. as they were. Uh, but I would, I, I think that's an excellent choice, both. Yeah. Okay. Uh Chris Folds asks, inspired by Flack, I've been starting to associate foods and meals with times in my life. What food or meal brings back the strongest (laughs) gaming memories? Gaming memories. What do you think? Boy, I think, I don't know. Whenever I eat, remember Daveroni's cheese sticks? Oh yeah, don't I? You got that? I know. I used to make like those all they, the time. There's a special formula for Daveroni's cheese sticks. They're real, real crispy on the outside. Yeah. And when you bite into them, you feel the grease burst into your mouth. Yeah. Those are real good and, ones. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the only place <laughs> that I've found those cheese sticks uh, again is at the Barnyard Barbecue. Uh, they have the exact same preparation technique. And whenever I eat those, it just takes me back to going over to my friend Lars's house, watching some Thunder on Thursday night, and then playing a whole bunch of Mario Kart or Mario Party in the summertime. So that's that's what yeah, brings me back. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, it's funny. I I I made many a, bre- uh, a cheese stick over at Davaroni's over the years. And if you let those things stay in there too long, you'll get just an empty husk and the cheese is all right. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. They're like, do it again, idiots. Like, oh, son of a gun. Uh, you know, when I think it's funny, I don't really associate gaming with a particular food. Uh it's most of what I when I think of like I remember living up in the mountain and playing a lot of games. And what I liked to drink up there was that Mountain Dew Code Red. Remember that stuff? Mm-hmm. That's I think oh, it's yeah. still around. I love that stuff. And I used to drink it uh, a lot of it, and I would and I would have my little cigarillos, a little cigarette, mm-hmm. the cigarettes, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. And so when I, I that's those are two things that I think of when I'm really getting into some action because gaming wise, I mean, listen, we just order pizza or whatever we had. I think and not having tons of 
cash. Uh, so we didn't get the, we just, whatever was cheapest or on sale, we would get. So I didn't have any one particular thing that I would get. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, what, did you have a favorite brand of cigarillos? Oh yeah. Uh, the, um, what are those things called? Swisher Sweets? No, 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 no. God, no. Um, You're a cheap guy. No, no. These are the, these uh, the ones I like now are different. I, I'll, I'll get back to it now. I'll have to think about it. I can't remember. Okay. When I was in uh, when I was in high school, after I turned eighteen, I guess I turned eighteen in between. And I could when, anyway. Whenever I could start buying tobacco products, um, I always got these Al Capones. You ever try the Al Capone cigarillos? Yeah, I, I think there were. They were exclusively available at Speedway uh, convenience stores. They were high quality. So you know Al endorsed by Al. By the way, my <laughs> Cheyenne Cherry Cigars. Those are the ones I like. Cheyenne. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Mitsuyama <laughs> asks, yeah. if you had to watch one movie continuously for 24 hours, which movie would you choose? One movie for 24 hours. It had to be a comedy of some sort. Um, uh, it would probably be, I can narrow it down to say three and then I had to pick from one of those. It'd be, uh, because there are movies I could stand and that have a lot of to- uh, ups and downs, tosses and turns. So I would go with, uh, uh, airplane two, uh, the original naked gun or the big Lebowski. And probably of those three, if I have, if I, if I was forced to watch something for 24 hours, I would probably go with airplane two that'd be my choice Hmm, interesting i would not choose a comedy because any sort of funniness that would occur by the time you get to that 24 hour mark not only will it not be funny anymore but you will never want to watch whatever movie that is again at least that's the way I, i would probably come out of it i'd go with a movie that is a very that's a visual spectacle you know where it's like you you would get you would notice new things about it on every repeated viewing yeah and uh, I would probably go with. Did you ever see Spirited Away? That Studio the Ghibli anime, movie. Yeah, yeah, long ago. Yeah. yeah, that's got a lot of little details and stuff in it. And the movie. I mean, the great thing about all of the Miyazaki Studio Ghibli movies is there's not really a plot. It's basically just like people going into different situations and things yeah. happening. Um, and uh, so I'd probably pick that just because it's. I, I'm sure I'd notice a lot of cool things that I haven't seen before. Let me go off script for a second, just for fun. You, of all the movies you've seen, okay, I don't. So I'm excluding crap like Hostel and crap like that. All the movies you've seen, what movie would you absolutely not want to watch for twenty? What would be at the bottom of the barrel that, if watched, it would be worse than torture? Oh, um, probably. Oh, I know. Um, that freaking uh, Lady Gaga movie, um, uh, A Star Is Born. Mm. I hated that movie. I never. I got a lot of acclaim. You got good, I hate good songs it. in that though. And it's it's a real downer. Listen, you know? I, I'm going to go one with, bad thing after another. Yeah, I'm going to go with a movie. There are several movies that really freak me out. Right? Yeah. Uh, one of which would be uh, 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 well, there's there's several, but the one that Clockwork Orange comes to mind is one that I, freaks me out. But the one I would not want to watch over and over would be Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, that yeah. movie is some, that's a weird film, man. They used to when I was in band. They used to just you know, we we had this big TV in the band room. I don't know if there was in there when you were a, a student. There but was, was a TV in there, yeah. yeah. And they used to just play that on loop. And that, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan. Any no. any scary movie or any freaky or like weird movie 
like the ring I, yeah. that you know I, I no no thank you oh i thought of one more i could watch forever and that would be rocky horror picture show because i know all the songs i could sing along i could do the dances if i got mm-hmm. bored i'd yeah. be good to go i That's could recite all the lyrics yeah right and with when you watch it for 24 hours you're sort of like honing your skills for that next yeah. live show you know but i don't think that would trump airplane too airplane you know i would have said airplane but i've seen it so much Mm-hmm. That I've just it's it's Airplane Two. I I love Airplane Two, but I haven't seen it as many times. So that way it would be fresh for twenty four hours. It would get me through. So that's that's what I'm going to go with that one. Uh, Duncan Styles asks, "Would you rather be attacked by one horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses?" I'm going to go with the one horse sized duck boat. Uh, and I don't like having a horde of stuff overtake me. I'd rather mm-hmm. be eating, you know, ducks will eat you whole. Right. At least if the, so let's say the duck bends over and sucks you down. Okay. Mm-hmm. You could probably, you could maybe even pound your way out of there. You know right. what I mean? If you right. had to. Mm-hmm. But if you get nibbled to death by a bunch of yeah. ducks, you're you're done. You got no yeah. chance there. I'm right. I'm right there with you. And also you have a better chance of evading the attacks of one horse sized duck than the the hundred little things that just overwhelm you. So right, I'm, I'm right, right there right. with you. Yeah. Barkbit asks, have you ever had a digital pet like a Tamagotchi or similar? Uh, what did you or would you name it? Um, I've never had one of those uh, that I could recall. I know those. there was a time when those Tamagotchis were a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that was dumb. <laughs> we always had a real proper pet. <laughs> And so when you've got a problem, did you guys pet, have pets growing up? Yeah, we had a pet when I was a kid. We had a pet cat, hmm. and then we had, or we had a pet dog early in my life. Then we had a pet cat and a bird for a while. Really? And then, I didn't know. Yeah, tell me about the bird. The bird didn't stay around too long. He wasn't there too long. I don't know what happened hmm. to him. To be honest with you, we all hated him. He would throw his seed out <laughs> of the of the cage, you know, and he also talked a lot, you know, hmm. perched, chirped, or whatever. So. Uh, uh, I never really got into the whole Tamagotchi. If I was going to name one, though, I would probably just call him, you know, um, I don't know, Slim. That sounds like a good name. So there you go, Slim. I, I've never had a Tamagotchi. I, you know, I like animals, but I'm not a real, I've never felt an extreme need to have a pet. Um, to me, pets represent not being able to uh, come and go as freely as you might. Uh, if you want to drop everything and go on vacation, it yeah, becomes an issue. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that if I lived alone, I, I would probably have a dog um, just to keep me company. But um, as far as the virtual pets go, it seems like all of the nuisance and none of the good things. Because when you have a real pet, you've got a thing there that you can pet that sits next to you when you're watching TV or whatever. With the Tamagotchi, you've got to feed it and do all this stuff to it, but it doesn't offer you anything in return. Uh, yeah. Also, it's just kind of weird and sad. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, Paul Harrington asks, what's the first joke that comes to mind when someone asks, tell me a joke? You know, I don't tell jokes. Do you tell jokes that much? No. Uh, in fact, I hate stand-up comedy. Me too. I can't stand it. I never yeah. watch stand-up comedians. So there. I guess the joke is we don't like jokes. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will tell you one because uh, there's the, the school talent show has just happened, and it's going to be virtual this year. 
and there's a tremendous amount of uh, teachers at our school whose names start with J, especially the men, almost all the men teachers' names start with J. We got yeah. James, two Johns, a J, and somebody else. Um, and so one of the teachers was like, we're going to do a segment called Jokes with J. So find a joke and record yourself telling it. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. I was going to tell a time traveler joke, but you didn't like it. That's your joke? That was the joke. You know, the funny thing is, is like when you told your joke, your video completely seized up. And so it looked like you were like doing some ridiculism. Maybe like I was very... maybe I was time traveling. I don't know. That was that was double creepy right there. <laughs> <laughs> very strange. All right. Um, Flack asks, what is something the public incorrectly assumes about your job? What's one thing you would like to set the record straight about? I'm interested to hear your response here. Well, what really gets me is most people think just talk about how g glamorous my job is, true, and how and you know and how uh, many beautiful people I see. Uh, no, the one thing people you know most people don't know what I do, uh, but the ones that do, uh, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about prison. Mm. How's that? Mm -hmm. And since I work in a prison. And I think the misconceptions are uh, what it's like in there. In uh, mm -hmm. the ones now, I go to detention centers. I'm not going to maximum security or anything. But you'd be surprised how much the uh, prisoners can just kind of lumber around, <laughs> you know, and it would come right up to you. And mm -hmm. so uh, uh, it's, I guess, people don't realize that the. Like, I don't consider my job to be super dangerous, but it could turn dangerous very quickly, mm -hmm. you know? So, Are you given any training on, like, if, if stuff goes down? Are you teaching? Are you taught any of the uh, sort of, uh, you know, like, uh, restraining techniques that you can use on the prisoners? They weren't, no. There was no training involved. Now, uh, when I got the job, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm all man, if you know what I yeah. mean. I think and that's so, why they hired you. You would well. You would, so you might think, hey, they hired this guy because he's sort of a big oaf type guy. That looks well, not mean. a big oaf, but like a big dude, you know. Well, you'd be surprised to know that mo the majority. We had a staff meeting last week, and I looked amongst. I looked over my peers online, and it was like staring into a morgue. A bunch of <laughs> decrepit old geezers. They couldn't beat an egg, much less go in there and tangle with uh, Joe Q scumbag in a big in a big throwdown. So. No, that may be another misconception. Not all breath alcohol technicians are tough or even have the capability to hurt anyone. So there you go. <laughs> what about you? You're a teacher. What's the misconception about teachers? Um, well, I can only speak for my particular subject. So I teach music. And um, I think that the misconception is, is that music is fun. And so your subject isn't a real subject. <laughs> Well, let me tell you yep. something. I, just from listening to you sing, I can tell you that music is not fun. I, I'm dispelling that right now. I, you know, and, and a lot of this misconception comes from other teachers. Uh, there's a word that I hate that's used in, and this doesn't happen so much in middle school, but in elementary school, they call art and music and PE specials. They're like, well, if you're not good, you won't get to go to your special today. And what that does is it devalues that subject. It treats it like a reward and not a serious academic endeavor, which it is. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I could absolutely see your perspective on that. Yeah. That said, so it, that's always the way, as a student, 
PE and music were like off. They're sort of like off brand school to me right. as a kid. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. again, when I got in the band, like a high school band in particular, uh, uh, I was I was schooled proper because they make band is the hardest. Listen, it's the only class where I had worked up a sweat. I'm out marching around like an idiot in the rain. You know what I'm saying? Dumb mm-hmm. stuff. So you learn quickly that it's in fact an actual that is a class and it's in more than a class. Like it's the it's really it's the hardest class there is in a lot of ways, you know, or it's just like PE. You could go to do PE, but if you're going out for the football team or track something, it's gonna be hard work, you know, and it right. sort of it goes past the limits of what a, a normal class would give you. So I can understand your perspective there. That pissed me off too. I never thought about it. Uh, let's see here. Next is L. Curtis Boyle. He says, what is your favorite hardware add-on, including SD card readers, joysticks, mice, etc., for each of your real retro systems? How many systems do you have there that have big add-ons? you got a couple. Uh, almost everything I have has an add-on. All right. In fact, Name I a think couple. everything I have. So, what are your favorites? Uh, well, uh, you, we'll start with the Coco, since it's Curtis's question. So you got to go with the old Coco SDC. Yes, that you is do. the king dong of the uh, of, of the Coco. I've got mine right here. Um, dust it off. That is your is your that's the big dog right there. Yeah, I love this thing. God bless it. It makes life so much easier. Yeah, for the Atari, uh, it's it's the FujiNet without question. I mean, I had an SD card solution for the Atari. It was actually a Compact Flash for the Atari, but having this thing hooked up to the internet. And being able to just load stuff off the internet, you know, whatever I want, is great. Not to mention all the BBS capabilities and stuff like that. Um, I'd say on the whole, the the best devices for all of my retro systems are just the anything that allows me to load games more quickly than off the original discs. Yeah, more quicker, faster. Yeah. I uh, Of course, I've got the SD solution for the Atari. Great. The thing for the Coco, great. The uh, uh, the uh, three hundred and something or another in one for the uh, uh, Adam is great. The 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 multi cart for the for the uh, Odyssey is great. <laughs> I get on the list. That's the number one thing I do. I will say, <clears throat> I uh, the Coco thing. I always bring it up just like you because it 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 just works so great. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Right, it's the ultimate great working thing that gives me no crap. And in yeah. this uh, in this uh, job. And when it comes to trying to play these old games, get, the more crap you take, the less you want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so that's great. Also, I like to, I have to say the uh, the loader for the uh, Sega Dreamcast is a lot of fun. I like that. I love all the EverDrives as well. So yeah, you're yeah. right. Anything that makes it easier to load stuff, it's great. But I really uh, the Mister is awful good just to allow you to load stuff on all these different systems like at the blink of an eye. So that's an honorable mention of that as well. Yeah, now you should probably mention, uh, since we talked about all the SD stuff, go ahead and mention your favorite joystick. What's your favorite retro joystick? Well, it's around here somewhere. It's the old Ergo stick, Bo. You know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also like the uh, your cigar box stick. I use that a lot. Did I tell you I converted that to USB? No. I converted that to USB. In fact, oh, you're, I almost put the pie, the, uh, the, uh, I almost put the uh, Mr. in it. Mm. It would fit was, in there. It almost would do what I wanted, but mm-hmm. ultimately I was worried you, about. You made the, heat. the right choice with it with yeah. the Dave case there, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, my favorite joystick is uh, is probably the good old 
NES pad. It's not the most comfortable thing in the world. No, um, it's not. But uh, but there's nothing that takes me back to the old day. Because like when I use an Atari stick, it takes me back. But it just reminds me how good that sweet, sweet gym stick uh, top tasted in my mouth. No oh, God, um, double. But yeah. uh, but yeah, that's probably I mean, that's probably when my it comes to, when it comes to preferring a joystick to p- for play. Nostalgia aside, there's no way you could pick. Well, I mean, you could. It seems to me it seems baffling that you would pick the NES stick over the. If Super I if Nintendo I'm stick. playing if I'm playing Nintendo games, I want to play on the NES pad. Absolutely, without a doubt. It's uh, it's it. That's it part hurts. of the experience. That, that thing hurts my hands. I, that's I don't like no, it. The I shape just, was not ergonomic or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. Let's see. I've all tabbed my way to oblivion here. Okay. Um, Jason Warns asks, "What do your significant others think of the podcast and the community you've built around them?" Well, well, you better go ahead and answer that one, Boat. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, my wife uh, thinks that the podcast is really cool. Um, <clears throat> she enjoys the fact that this is the hobby that I've chosen and I don't, you know, go out and spend time at the bar or the casino or any number of things that I could be doing. Um, she loves Aaron because uh, in her words, Aaron always says nice things. So That's right. Correct. Um, and so uh, she's she's baffled by the fact that anybody cares about any of this stuff but i mean in a way i'm also baffled (laughs) so um but yeah she's 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 extremely supportive um (laughs) and uh you know i i couldn't really ask for anything better in that regard i'm my own significant other i will say i will i will kind of meld this question to my immediately family which is the luke which is Mm -hmm. the luke is Luke had a big long nap today, so he's mm-hmm. had, he's in in his uh, the Luke lair uh, playing some stuff. Uh, but uh, he he thinks it's cool and he endorses it, and so as long as he lets me do it, um, I'm a happy boy. So there you Bam. go. Bam. Uh, Paul H asks, and this is Paul Bossman again. Mm-hmm. If you could know the truth about one historical mystery, what would it be? This is a great question. What do you think, Aaron? Oh, geez, you only get to pick history. one. Gosh, geez, historical mystery. <clears throat> well, I would like to, you know, really, I'd like to know. I would love to see the creation of the universe, but I guess that's really going far back, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, uh, and a lot of the more, uh, a lot of the more popular uh, historical things, I don't really care that much about, you know, JB Cooper. The, uh, that one's pretty interesting, to be honest with you. Uh, I will say that one, that's not the worst idea, uh, that one. Uh, gosh, historical mission. What, do you have one that jumps forth? Um, I think Atlantis is really cool. Like, I'd love to know the truth behind Atlantis, if there is any truth behind it. You know, a, a, an advanced civilization that was destroyed by volcanic activity or something like that, sunk to the bottom of the sea. Um. Yeah, I'll go with that. I would like to have been there, and I this is going to sound a little goofy, but I'm going to just come to go with it. I would have liked to have been there for, for the first time that we had substantial communications with a, a, an alien race, and I think it's happened, Art Bell style. And so there's gonna, a uh, the, on 60 Minutes this weekend. 
they're going to have there's a big there's big UFO news coming, Aaron. I, don't I know heard if something heard about, about that. This. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if you if you follow the news at all, listen, I've followed the UFO news for a long time, and it's it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's it's been put down, put down, and with the occasional. I mean, I know Spock specials in the '90s didn't help uh, give it credence or credibility, you know, and even most of Art's guests didn't, but. Uh, I've noticed that there's been a serious pivot in the way that UFOs are being reported and they're and are being spoken of, and this could finally be the pivot that takes us to the point where they are going to finally let the cat out of the bag. We shall mm-hmm. see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Chris Folds asks. The Egyptians and Mayans were way ahead of the rest of civilization and then died out. The secrets lost for thousands of years. Mm. Some believe it was aliens taking planted people back home. Others think it was the wrath of gods. Some even blame time travelers. What do you think caused it? Boy, I, you know, I'm not well read enough on that subject. He would say, I, so he thinks some think it's aliens, some think it's time. I don't think it's either of those things. I think civilizations just die out. Uh, trust, give us a, give us a few minutes. We're working on it. Uh, uh, I mean, look, the great, if you think about, I watched a thing on Hadrian's Wall the other night, right? You're familiar with that. No, tell uh, me about it. It's a wall that stretches across uh, uh, England that was used, that, we, well, no one's 100% sure why it's there, you know, mm-hmm. but it was there. I think the Romans built it or whatever. But if you think about, at one time, the Romans ruled most of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Including all the way up to that point. When they were way up there. Think about that. And for a long time, longer than we've been around. And so it goes to show you that you can have, I mean, they owned the world and then they went away. I mean, more mm-hmm. or less. So right. even the biggest, most successful civilizations can buy it. Uh, given what happens or, you know, who knows what. Uh, and so I don't think time travel, listen, I'm not buying time travel or having to do with anything like that. I, time travelers, I'm not sure about that. Uh, UFOs, I don't know. It just seems like UFOs and people that and aliens with all this advanced knowledge would have better things to do than screw with the Mayans. I just, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not buying it. You know, the guy that always, he's like, it's aliens. He's got the crazy hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never watched that. Screw that guy. <laughs> Yeah, I tend to, to to share your sensibilities. I think that you know, even something like the plague. I mean, if you get the right disease to come along, you can wipe out everything because it doesn't yeah. take much to yeah. make society collapse. I mean, even advanced societies, and of course, the 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 fall of Rome didn't happen overnight. It happened over no. the course of hundreds of years. Yeah, but it happened, and it was gone, and it did not come back. And yeah. so I mean, if, you, if 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 and I'll use COVID as an example, here we are with all our technology and here comes just this disease. It's not even a super deadly disease and it kicks the crap out of us. And if things had turned incorrectly, we could have been up to our hineys in trouble. Right. We were it, it hit hard anyway. So what would something like this do to a, a, an ancient society that didn't have uh, four thousand double double expensive uh, drug manufacturers looking up a cure. They mm-hmm. were rubbing salve on everything and, you know, eating right. leaves. That ain't going to mm-hmm. fix it. That, you know, so it can knock you out quick. Yeah. Um, if Chris also asks, if you were, if, let me try again. If you were reincarnated as an animal, what are you picking? 
Hmm. An animal. You know, at the risk of being eaten by a predator, I've always, you know, I've, this may surprise you, Bo, but I've never been a, a, what I would call a fleet of foot. Mm-hmm. You know, so my Neither first, the first thing that popped into my head was a gazelle. Mm. I've always enjoyed watching gazelles. They're cool mm-hmm. looking. That said, you would probably want to be something that flies because flying stuff is cool and you get to fly. So if it wasn't a gazelle, I would probably go with something uh, like a, a oh like a like an eagle or mm-hmm. a, you know one of the more noble, popular birds. Not one, not a turkey vulture or something, you know, <laughs> or like a condor, something cool like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I like the ability, the abilities of certain animals, like you said, like being able to run fast like a cheetah or be able to fly. Um, but if I have to pick an animal that I think would suit my personality, I would probably go with the badger. You know, when you're a badger, you've got a job to do. You got to gnaw badger. down some trees and you got to you got to build your little dam and then you chill out in your dam. And that's what you do. I, I kind thought, of view I thought my... beavers built dams. Badgers build dams. Oh, you're right. I'm thinking of the wrong animal. Yeah, maybe sure I want to be a beaver. Be, maybe you should be a dodo. I think that seems perfect. What does a badger do? <laughs> they annoy people. That's where the term badger and somebody comes from. That's why I was surprised you picked it. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I guess the badger is the guy in the wind in the willows. You took the my line, Rob. There. <laughs> yeah. How many badges does it take to build a dam? A lot. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to table that question as I review my animal knowledge. <laughs> All right. Batman asks, "Was Lee Harvey Oswald a patsy?" I mean, there's a lot of JFK stuff. This. <laughs> Listen, who knows? But my gut tells me yes. Uh, he. he I think he was. Uh, um, there's too much. Supporting evidence of shenanigans, you know. Normal. Sometimes uh, the old saying, if it if it looks like a, a a rose and smells like a rose, it's a rose or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. In this case, I don't think it looks like a rose. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff, and the fact that this guy's people are getting shot left and right, shenanigans are afoot. I think this guy got suckered. Plus, it doesn't sound like he's too smart, easily easily led type. So yeah, I would I, say I, yes. I'm not a big expert on the uh, Kennedy assassination, so I tend to I tend to go with whatever you say. So I'll agree with you. I like that. Finally, <laughs> um, tea or coffee? What's your favorite hot beverage? Asks Batman. It's neither one of those. Um, you don't like hot hot beverages, do you? I never drink hot beverages. I never drink. I I drink room temperature stuff, and they use it like mm-hmm. Jägermeister, for example. I like or tequila. I like it served mm-hmm. at room temperature. But I mean, I, otherwise, you know, I don't. I would say if I was forced to drink something hot, I would say broth, maybe mm-hmm. or maybe hot chocolate or hot cocoa, but not too hot. I don't like mm-hmm. hot. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. What about you? Mm-hmm. You're a tea am, coffee guy. I, I'm a coffee, a hundred percent coffee guy. Um, I, I thrive and survive on coffee alone. I've tried to get into tea several times. I know it's better for you. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to go away from. Remember from, when we went to Schaefer's last, last week and mm-hmm. Chad ordered unsweetened tea. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you just go, go find yourself a rusty bucket and just pour some of that in a cup. 
I was stunned when, and no one ever orders that. But he, I, I actually, I do, I do like unsweet tea. Oh I, I man, will, I'll drink that. that but is, uh, all, that only is. iced tea. I don't like uh hot. Well, I just don't like hot tea. It's just. I remember the old man tried to get me on the, the old. He would make that sun tea. You know that stick mm-hmm. we put outside. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can still taste it, and the taste ain't good, brother. Yeah. No thanks. Well, and it, there, yeah, yeah, I hear you on the sun tea. Okay, Lord Soup says, I have this foible. If a shoot 'em up has a lame-looking ship, it spoils it for me. Yes. Do you mind a lame sh- ship in shoot 'em ups And do you have any particular small details that can put you off a game? I do mind a lame ship. I do mind it. Uh, and that's that right there is one thing. I, like, I'll play a shoot 'em up that has a, I mean, a, you know, a shmup. I'll play it if the ship's kind of lame-looking. Some, some games have real lame-looking ships. Mm-hmm. But I prefer a cool guy ship. I want some sleek, cool guy ship. I don't yeah. want some doofusy looking ship. You know, I want something that looks like something you'd want to get in. Like a, I want a uh, something that like the whatever the spaceship equivalent of like a Porsche is. Something mm-hmm. really jacked up. You know, cool mm-hmm. looking. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. I really, I think I'm less hung up on the main character of games than I am the the environments, the backgrounds. I talk about this all the time on the Amigos, where it's like you'll have a game that has a really well animated main character. Like Agony is a perfect example um, where, you know, they spent so much time making the owl look super, super awesome that it seemed yeah, like it they, they expended all their skill points. On well, the ba- the backgrounds in that look awesome too. What are you talking about? The, the, all, the, it I'm, all looks good. I'm, no, the enemies in that game are horrid, horrid abominations. Yeah, and they're so, not that good. But I mean, the backgrounds um, are cool. Yeah, the backgrounds are cool. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, small details like that. Like, I, I really just hate sameness in games. I hate when when everything is the same. Just like on Switchblade, you know, everything's gray. Um, just give me variety. I think you know, doing a show like us, like we have, lets you have the opportunity to reflect on what you like about video games, just on a on a whole, in a way that you wouldn't normally think about it, maybe. And as we do more and more of these shows, I come back to the same points where it's like the thing that I want is give me give me something that I like to do and make it constantly change and, and present itself in a new way. So Yeah. And I will say, getting back to the shmup thing, mm-hmm. you know those those cute 'em ups they've got where you're like a I don't know, a kitty cat or a like a witch pink. on a broom. I don't I don't like any of that. I love those games, by the I way. I think they're a double double lame. I've got you know? I've got a list in my notebook that's got all the cute ups on it. Eric Nelson surprised. helped me with that. All right. Um <laughs> Chris Folds. This is uh back to the back to the well here. He asks, Have you ever given up caffeine? If not, how long do you think you could last before collapsing? I've given up caffeine tons of times. In fact, I gave up soda for like years and years. Um uh, so I could go. You know, I'm not sure how much caffeine does for me. Does I, uh, it might do a lot. I don't know. But, I mean, I don't think it does. Like, I don't, I'm don't. i not sitting around here idling like a car, you know, all the time. Like, always good to go. Uh, I don't have any trouble sleeping normal. I mean, I have trouble sleeping, but nothing to do with, like, that sort of trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like normal Aaron trouble like my dad has. Uh, but I don't think caffeine is a big factor. I mean, I I completely cut out pop for years of my life. Uh, 
And so I don't I don't think it would be that. I mean, it would suck because I like to drink the stuff that it's in. But it's not like I drank stuff exclusively because it's got loads and loads of caffeine. I, I, I guess I'll go that way, you know. Yeah, what, what uh, I've given up. I've given up caffeine before. Uh, I had a panic attack um, in 20, 2012. and this this had been years. I had mental issues in the early two thousands, and I'd pretty much kicked them. And then one morning, I just decided I was going to drink a whole pot of coffee, and uh, and that triggered it triggered a horrible panic attack. And, uh, and after that, instead of doing a normal person thing where it's like, maybe you just shouldn't drink a pot of coffee anymore. I was like, well, I'm just going to not drink caffeine. And so for like three or four years, I didn't drink caffeine. Uh, but then one day I decided to start again and, um, I have cut back. Uh, I used to drink, uh, probably eight cups of coffee in the morning. Uh, and now I, I drink probably three or four and, and, I mean, these are like, you know, eight ounce cups of coffee, which I put in a huge thing. Um, and then I just switch over to decaf because I just love I love the taste of coffee really as much as the caffeine, mm. um, this black, strong black coffee. Um, so I could do it, but um, I choose not to because it does give me a lift in the morning. It helps me wake up. It helps me be alert and get stuff done before uh, the students come in in the morning. Yeah, <clears throat> I just get up and go. I've always been like that. So I don't really need. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't hurt, but I just yeah, I just go. I, don't, I also get up at five thirty every morning. So yeah, that, that helps I get up. So I get up about six thirty. So yeah, it's, yeah, it sucks. Sucks to be us. Um, let's see. Moving on to the next question, we go to uh, Barkbit. He says, "Are there any conspiracy theories, well known or not, that you would consider plausible?" Well, you mentioned one earlier. It's one of my favorites. It's just, uh, the fellow that jumped out of the airplane with the with the that robbed the plane, effectively DB mm-hmm. Cooper. I think that's a legitimate possibility that he could have survived uh, that. Um, so that one comes to mind right away. You know, the, my problem with most conspiracy, you know, when I was younger, conspiracy theories were a lot more fun. Because there weren't uh, the internet makes me scared of these things now, and mm-hmm. it's also scary to talk about them. You know, I know people, for example, not I don't want to touch any nerves, but I know people that don't believe uh, that terrorists took out the trade centers. Okay, for example, it's one mm-hmm. that pops into my mind. That's a common, that's a common belief amongst conspiracy theories or right. theorists. All right, now, um, I I don't agree. But you can't discuss something like that because it because it, it, it's it, because the internet, mm-hmm. you know, you can't discuss hardly anything. Look, people get mad about Amiga hardware, you know, mm-hmm. and which means nothing in the scope of things. You're going to try to discuss situations that had that had the people's deaths were involved or or uh, nations were altered. It's it's insane, you know. So I basically I don't even ponder that stuff like I used to. You can I could talk to it amongst my friends locally, but I, it's not something I want to get into on a big stage. So I mean, when it comes to thinking of any that were plausible, I mean, like I said, with the exception of the DB Cooper one, and and I will say the JFK one. I mean, those are pretty generic, but it's true. Those two I think are probably fairly plausible. Uh, but that's that, there's and I have my other ones that I would get into, but I'm not going to for fear of reprisal. So if those mm-hmm. are the two that pop into mind. What about you? Well, conspiracy theories are interesting because on some level, most of them are somewhat plausible. That's yeah. what makes them conspiracy theories. 
like you can you can watch these videos and i agree with you 100 percent. the internet has made i mean you look at i have students when i used to sub i subbed it for buffalo highs band one year and they were all into conspiracy theories like you wouldn't believe like they would just sit in the band room and pull out their phones and watch these conspiracy videos about like the illuminati and all this stuff right and the thing is you watch these things and you realize, yeah, well, this is, is it plausible or is this just manipulation? You know, because you can be manipulated into thinking anything. I mean, that's the way the human mind works. You can, if you have somebody that's good at making a case, they can make you believe anything about anything. And that's what makes a lot of this stuff so scary. Yeah. And especially when you've got younger people that are not going to have the wisdom to see through some of the shenanigans. Right. That, that, I mean, I don't have any idea which conspiracies, like, for example, you guys were watching at the time. But I've seen plenty of people that are good at presenting things in a way to get their point across, even if it's a stupid point or a wrong point. And you've got to have the wisdom and the experience to understand that what you're seeing uh, is to manipulate you in a certain uh, line of thinking. Uh, and often a lot of these things, the truth of the matter is we just don't have the information to even to even speculate anything. I mean, you can speculate, but anything is wild speculation. There's no concrete evidence for most things, and you have to live with it. You know, that's just right. the way it is. You know, the, the the one bit of advice that I know that you know, that with all of these conspiracy theories, most of them can be disproven because the amount of people that would need to be to lie and keep the truth of themselves to keep these things afloat is totally unreasonable because people spill the beans. They love to spill the beans about anything, anytime, anywhere. Yeah, so. yeah, that that's usually my go-to. It's it's very yeah. unlikely that there'd be a worldwide conspiracy. Um, HSI asks, how do the Amigos feel about having their faces smashed on Paul Harrington's drums? Remember that a couple weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> like that, man. I was surprised, too. Yeah, now, I hey, thought that my, was really cool. My face has been smashed before, so at least it's in the in the in an artistic way. So, you know, I, I like that. <laughs> David Z asks, uh, this is for me. Whatever happened to my A1000? At one point, the monitor was a problem, but I thought the problem was the power strip, but now we never see it running. David, that turns out the problem was not the power strip. The problem is the 1702. Uh, it powers on. The green light comes on, but the, the tube does not display a picture. So the next Taze Valley Classic Computer Club meeting, which is going to happen at the end of June, we're going to open that bad boy up and see if we can get it working again. So It's either a grounding the... issue or a bad cap. It's my guess, yeah. Boat. Uh, Aaron, this is a question for you from Dave. He says, what's up with your A1000? Ever get the GoTech fixed and stable? If so, what's next? Uh, yes, the GoTech is, uh, well, more or less, it does work. The keyboard is the, is just the dirt worst. It's all mauled. It needs a good cleaning. And so at the next stage of my computer club, I'm bringing a keyboard along, get a good, get a good cleaning. Ultimately, I'm going to follow the Chris Edwards method and probably put one of the uh, uh, pie uh, storms. storms in it when if, if I ever get one. The waiting list. It's it's funny. Every other Amiga pundit on Earth got their hands on one of these, and I can't get one to save my life. I guess I started too late or I'm not a big enough deal in the Amiga community to get hold of one of these suckers. I mean, everyone's got these things. Uh, but... Uh, uh, once I get one, I'll probably put, do a little dance, put that sucker in, and then let the 1000 uh, have a light workload. Because I, I, I like the idea of not having to have a uh, 
kickstarts. The mem- extra memory will help. Of course, you really the uh, one thousand doesn't have enough chip memory to do like WHD loads and stuff, but it'll still be it'll still help out in a lot of areas. Plus, you still get that speed boost and stuff. So for an Amiga one thousand, I think these things are quite nice. Cool, cool. Uh, this is a question for me from Dave. He said, did I see an A600 on the side during a couple of episodes? Yes, it's right over there. If so, what's going on with that? That A600 has had quite a life. Yeah. Uh, it was originally sent to us by Gary Hucker from Australia. The Huck. Uh, it's been a long time up in the frozen north with Jason Warrens as he uh, worked on it. Yeah. And uh, he actually built a brand new homemade power supply for it. Unfortunately... When you plug a memory expansion into it, uh, the joystick, for some reason, pulls constantly to the left. Yeah. Uh, and you need that memory expansion to make the WHD uh, load work. Uh, otherwise, it just is, is too slow. So, And then uh, we, right, we put a PAL motherboard in that thing as well. Yeah, it is. A, well, it's a, it's a PAL A600. I mean, it came that way from Australia. No, we put an NTSC one in there, didn't we? We had another no, it, one. It, it's got a, it's got a power motherboard in there, but but I, I we had another board in we, there. right. We had multiple A six. Yeah, you're, yeah. We you're had right. a guy you're from right. like uh, Arizona, I think it was, that sent us one. Remember that mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. ago, and it worked. But the problem is the NTSC one was NTSC, and the power right. one was way better. Useless. So yeah. yeah. Um, HSI says, do the Amigos have any machines they'd be willing to part with to a, with to a viewer for fair money and shipping costs finding hardware in the wild for a decent prices like panning for gold in a septic tank yeah um My i dad pays uh, for gold yeah i you know the stuff is definitely not getting any cheaper at this point, the only thing that I have left in my collection that was not given to me is my 1200XL and my NES. Everything, Every other system that I have was a gift and therefore not for sale. How about you, Aaron? You got a lot of, a bunch of stuff you want to unload on HSI? Well, if I was going to get rid of anything, well, I'm going to try to get this 500 working. When I get that work, that would be on the, on the list, the short list. Okay. Uh, the CD32, I would, I could probably part with it, but I'd hate. I part of me wants to keep it because it's such a rarity, but it is yeah. an NTSC CD32, and so. And you definitely like, wouldn't want what he considers to be fair. Fair money is code for cheap, and uh, oh, that I CD32 see. you need to sell for. Listen, for what, the what Amigos don't sell anything for fair money. If you know what I mean? No, I really, no. we don't sell anything. I mean, what about, when was the last time you sold anything? I mean, I haven't sold anything. Uh, I haven't sold anything retro. I mean, the last thing I actually, the last thing I sold was Cuckoo Land. For the nest, yeah. and I that was a <laughs> I, I definitely sold it for more than fair money. And I would um, never really I don't I wouldn't even consider selling things that like were given to us because no, no, I like I like that. That's cool. And so I uh we that stuff, but I mean really I just also I would just want to keep it. <laughs> so yeah. there's that. Yeah. Um and then he says, Are there any recommendations for fair priced reproductions or FPGA units that you could recommend to a person who's never used an Amiga, Atari ST, Coco, etc.? Absolutely. The Mr. It is the like if I was starting from scratch and I didn't have anything, I wouldn't buy anything other than a Mister. If I was interested in the Amiga, the Atari ST, and the Coco, the three systems that you just mentioned, the the Mister will do everything you want, and it will be reliable. And it's a small form factor. It is the perfect thing for what you want. Now that that said, if you want to invest in classic hardware, which is which is cool, I can understand that. Uh, I would probably, of the three systems you mentioned, I would probably go for a Coco, and I'll tell you why. 
Uh, it's not because the cocoa is better, but the cocoa is cheaper than all those. And you would get more bang for your buck with a cocoa three now because uh, they are the cocoa three is probably much rarer than the other systems too. And those things are starting to go like hotcakes, but you can still get them if you hurry. And then you can hold on to that. And if you ever need to make some bucks, I guarantee you could sell it. Because again, there's things are you know boat. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're yeah. they've went up exponentially. Now, Amigas, uh, one thing I see happening is with the Amiga and the Atari, especially the Amiga, uh, uh, these alternative things are coming out that may loosen up the low end of the Amiga market a little bit. Uh, and so I, you could probably get you, you could score you a 500 pretty cheap these days. In fact, the Coco is not much cheaper than a 500 anymore. But but again, HSI is in the States, which means he'd be getting an NTSC Amiga, which would mean it would be useless. Well, those days are coming to an end, though, with the pie, with the pie thing. So if that, that, that's well, yeah, but it, I mean, at that point, you're getting the pie thing. Just get a mister. Just get a mister. Now, dude, if he wants original hardware... But he's not. He's asking. He's asking for reproductions or FPGA units, etc. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear. I missed part of that. That part of the question. I get the Mister. That's a good. That's the correct answer. Yeah. Joan asks, "What's your favorite Monty Python movie?" Uh, man, Holy Grail. But I love. I love Life of Brian. But I also like Meaning of Life an awful lot. I'm one of the people that loves that movie. And I love the music in it. I just I love it. So I'm going to say Holy Grail because I think it's the funniest. But I do like uh, I do I really like all their stuff. You know, for the most part. What about yeah. you, Boat? I mean, Holy Grail is great. Yeah, um, it's so it's good. got so many quotable lines in it. Yeah. Um, and then I also like Life of Brian. Uh, yeah, you know, also I think great. It's, yeah. it's 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 not in anywhere near as blasphemous as people thought it would be when it first came out. Because, well, a different era too. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, but, uh, all of this, there's a, there's a bunch of great scenes. I, I, have only seen meaning of life once and, and, uh, I, I probably need to uh, watch it again, but to be honest, like I'm not a big fan, much like I'm not a fan of stand up comedy. I'm also not a fan of sketch comedy. So I just don't really like funny things, I guess. Well, I mean, but um, those are th- like, neither. But, one yeah. But I mean are... like the actual Monty Python show oh. itself. Oh, I love like, the show. Yeah, I know lots of people love it, but to me, it's just like you see the gag and you see what's funny about it, and then the gag continues, and it's just like, what are we doing? And so, but anyway, uh, as far as the movies, yeah, Holy Grail, fantastic. I will say, you should, you really should go back and watch Meaning of Life. It's, okay. it's got a ton of great songs in it, but there are some really good, one of my favorite bits, and there's a bit in it where their their kids are at a sex education class. Remember, you you don't remember this day, I'm guessing. No, it's a it's John, I think it's John Cleese, I think, and the chick that played Magenta in the Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. and there it's his wife. And so in Sex Education class, they actually start having sex in the class, and then it's describing what's happening, and the kids are so bored that they're totally uninterested in what's happening before them. It's such a funny scene, man. There's a ton of good stuff in it. I I recommend it, man. Good stuff. Okay. Paul asks, what's your favorite comedy duo? Huh. Comedy duo. Uh, oh, boy. Do you have any? I mean, it's not like a again, zillion of them. Again, this goes back to just not really liking like stand-up comedy. Because when I think about comedy duos, I think about like Abbott and Costello, who's on first that sort of thing. I mean, I could just sort of leave it all, to be honest with you. I'm going to have to ponder this for a minute. Um, because really, comedy duos sort of went away, didn't they? Yeah. It's not something you see that much. 
I mean, maybe like uh, you could answer like um, Jim Carrey and the other guy from Dumb and Dumber. They were sort of a comedy well, duo. I like, and, and I'm going to put these guys on the list because they have an album. As far as I'm concerned, if you've got a comedy album, you're a comedy duo. All right. And that's going to be uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. I like their shtick and they're funny. Uh, Dave Thomas and Rick Moran. Oh, yeah, I would definitely call them a comedy So I'm, sure. I'm going to put them in there because I th those guys always amuse me. Now, uh, you could also say, if you're going to get particularly uh, non-nitpicky, Gene Wilder and uh, uh, and Marty, uh, for, that, that were a good team up in Young Frankenstein. But, I mean, that's hard to say that that's a comedy duo, but they were funny together. They had lots of funny scenes. You know, but I'm so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Bob and Doug just because they had an album, so I can get away with it. I'm gonna say uh, Ricky Gervais and Carl Pilkington. Um, this was from when they used to do. They used to do a radio show on Sky in the UK, and I downloaded a million of these episodes when I lived in Korea, and I used to listen to them when I was walking to school. Yeah, and I would literally like have to stop. And like, and like, go around the corner and just collapse because I'd be laughing so hard. Like, I think Ricky Gervais is like one of the funniest he people funny. ever. And Carl Pilkington, who is sort I mean, he he plays sort of the dumb guy. Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, a great a great team those guys. And also the I, uh, the the other guy was in there too. The guy that worked with him, in the, and I can't think of his name, but he was also part of the show. I thought I changed my answer. All right, okay. I thought of a comic duo. Uh, Rick Mayall and Abe Emerson, those guys are hilarious. They've been in a bunch of different shows. I love them. Super duper funny uh, guys. And they've worked together so many times that you could absolutely count them as a duo. Plus, they toured. Uh, so mm -hmm. that's gonna be my that's gonna be my list. Uh, my guys. They're good stuff. There you go. Okay. Okay. Steven Merchant. Thank you, Brock. He's the third guy on that show. Okay, uh, let's see. Chris Folds asks, have you ever thought of doing video streams in a bikini sitting in a hot tub like Amuranth? I've seen so have you heard chick. about this yeah. new thing? I, I've, I've seen her channel many times. Okay, so I what do you think about that? I, I like it. Uh, um, <laughs> you approve of attractive women in bikinis sitting in hot tubs doing live streams? You know, streams. a lot of people... Now, listen, you can understand why that would... Uh, anger people okay uh, but uh she's out there trying to make a buck okay and there's something to be said for going out and trying to make a buck she's using her natural god-given abilities to be hot i guess and to and to talk people into the room to make her some money okay because that's what it is because twitch uh, you know years ago they they stomped down on sort of the porn side of twitch you know they've made it a little more conservative uh and but th it's funny the hot tub rule it's funny i read it was almost like you were skirting a, you were within your rights to do it the funny thing about her story is she got no warning she got no uh nothing they just she was just bam unadvertised you know just like mm. out of the blue she had no paperwork nothing and they said, even though she's technically not breaking any rules, they still did it. Well, guess what? You're at the mercy of Twitch, just right. like YouTube, right? We've been mm -hmm. there. So I don't like what they did. Uh, I can understand why people don't like this chick. Don't watch her. All right? Uh, I can understand why people are jealous of her for making a bunch of money based on the fact that she's a hot chick in a bikini in a hot tub. Uh, 
Listen, uh, it, that's the world. People want to pay money to a hot chick in a bikini hot tub. It's the way it is. I don't have a problem with this chick trying to make her a buck as long as she stays in the same rules that the rest of us are. But when they start moving the goalposts, and they can because we have no choice in the matter, then I think that's crummy. You know, and, and if you're going to move the goalposts, you need to give everyone, just like when they did with the, uh, when they changed the rules about using music and stuff. If you're going to do that, you need to tell us ahead of time so we can make uh, modifications to what we're doing to not violate the rules. And it's the same thing with the hot tub. Both of me and you want to get in a hot tub, hold hands, get in a hot tub in bikinis, and type stuff on, on on here. As long as it's in the rules, by God, we should be allowed to do it. And if, and so there's my answer. All right. Well said. I agree. Um, and finally, our last question of the evening. Uh, Net Surge, he asked the take on a horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses. Since that question has already been answered, he's typed in an alternative question. What is the closest thing to real magic? Anything in the world, technology, someone, skill, etc. You know, I'm a big Babylon 5 guy, as mm-hmm. you know. There were these guys uh, on the Babylon 5 called Technomages. And they used technology to effectively simulate magic, right? And at the time, I thought, how clever this is. But you could, that's sort of, in fact, in some ways, that's exactly what a lot of big-time magicians do, right? They mm-hmm. use technology to simulate magic. Now, everything technologically now is like magic to, to an Aaron from, say, 15 years ago. Cell phones oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 and the internet uh, and uh, uh, 3D stuff, that PDF thing you showed earlier, I mean, all that stuff. I'd be like, I can't, I can't fathom. So, I mean, you could take your pick of any of those things. Uh, I would never have envisioned. I remember the first time I went and saw one of those 3D movies, the new ones, because I'd seen the old ones with the 3D glasses from back in like the 70s, and they sucked. You know what I'm saying? And so we went and saw this movie in the theater, and I couldn't believe it was in three freaking D, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and now no one gives a crap about these movies. Like that fad passed us by. But I mean, so that was sort of magical too. You know, I saw Captain EO, which Captain EO rules, man. I it love wasn't that Captain good. EO. But there's a bit great. EO, there's a bit of Captain EO where like this thing flies off the stage and flies around. It the comes crowd. right at you. And I thought to myself, this is back. I was just like, uh, you know, I was in high school. I was like, holy. There it was. You know, how'd they do that? You know, mm-hmm. so everything's magical because we were, you know, now it's it's not magical because we've slowly grown into it. It's amazing to me that I can store 80 gabillion tons of data on a little thing that small. Like, how the heck's that work? I don't know. You know, but I was also, I was amazed. I thought cassette tapes were magical, too, at the time, because they were to me, because I'd never seen them before. So I don't know if I answered the question or not. <laughs> um. I think for me, and this is this is a you know you can call this a cheesy answer or whatever, but I really think that making music together in a group, like in a band, when you're playing, it's magical, and I get to sort of be like the wizard in charge. Like when I stand on the podium and I go one, two, ready, and then they start. And you feel, you feel something when that music starts and you feel like you're locked together at that point. And the thing that you're telling yourself is, please don't let this fall apart. Please don't let this fall apart. And that, that feeling, that interconnectedness is something that I've only experienced playing music in a group like that. And I I honestly do. I think it's magic. You know, you were right. That is a cheesy answer, but... 
I understand where you're coming from. In fact, I'm even going to endorse that answer because having I was never a conductor. But when you're in a band uh, and everything's clicking, you feel something. Like you feel a confidence and a uh, an energy that you're not familiar with unless you've been there. And you don't get it every time you perform. You may get mm. it once in your life. Right. I remember just a few times that I felt like, my God, we're the best thing walking the earth. Like, this mm -hmm. is it. And everything's coming together. You know, and it's you only get that sort of, of feeling after all the hard work and all the uh, struggle. and it But it comes together. It's great. It's a great feeling. Now, is it magical? I don't know, maybe. But, I mean, I could definitely, as a conductor, I could absolutely see where, you know, manipulate this entire field of players with your hands would be a magical experience. Yeah. Very good vote. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this month's Ask the Amigos. As always, we appreciate all of the questions from our Discord community. Uh, and we encourage all of you out there uh, to post your questions in the Ask the Amigos channel. As always, if you'd like to uh, participate and ask your question, you can uh, either support us through Patreon at patreon.com slash amigos podcast. Or you can subscribe to us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. And uh, that gives you access to our Discord server as well. We will see you guys next time for another episode of Ask the Amigos. Until then, adios. adios.